1: The ball don't lie right here on one Oh four nine, the horn top of the charts Tuesday. That's been uh, my man, Patrick plays jams. So I reached the top of the billboards charts on this day in history. And, uh, been having a damn good top of the charts Tuesday so oh, yeah. far. Uh, we got one more hour left in the show. So I hope everybody out there is being safe. So please make sure if you are on the roads, uh, only if it's necessary, absolutely necessary. Um, uh, but if you're on the roads, please be safe out there. And thanks to everybody who, uh, decide to check us out today because we know it's uh, inclement weather and you could be doing a lot of other things, so we appreciate you joining us. Lots of breaking news, tons of it. (laughs) Uh, We'll get to it here. Also, we'll get to the Big 12 football schedule being released, get to the details of that, and give you the breakdown. Um, Before we do that, we'll talk about Sean Payton uh, getting hired by the Denver Broncos. uh, Had to trade for him first, and uh, apparently there is also a contract being worked out, so we'll see what that contract number is, and that will be announced a little bit later on. In the meantime, they did trade a first-round pick and a second-round pick to the New Orleans Saints in exchange for a third-round pick and in exchange for Sean Payton's services. So we'll get to that and talk about that here. And also, next segment, we got to talk Cowboys. We haven't talked Cowboys all day. That's very strange. That's how you know it's been a lot of breaking That's news. That's a lot, right? Cowboys are interviewing uh, for their uh, offensive coordinator vacancy, so we'll get to that. And the Cowboys, uh, where are they with the in regards to the new projected salary cap? Are they over under? We'll discuss that as well coming up next segment. Take a guess. <laughs> yeah what the, tra- the strange thing is with Catboy yeah. you would think they'd be under yeah and they're not not even uh, close so we'll get to that and talk about that coming up a little bit later on But before we get to the Big 12 schedule gentlemen uh, let's spend a couple of minutes breaking down this uh, Sean Payton hire because uh, I know there are some people we had this discussion I don't know if we had it maybe uh, I did it with Raj around the day before we became an official show for Ball Don't Lie um, and and uh, I, I remember talking to Cowboys fans about this, that the resume between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy was very similar. Right. And and, and I remember prior to this, I did the, the breakdown. Prior to this season, uh, if you look at their regular season and – uh, postseason winning percentage, Sean Payton was at 63%. Uh, Mike McCarthy was at 61% regular season winning percentage. Uh, playoff winning percentage, they were both at 52%, hovering around close to 53%. Uh, they had both, prior to season one, seven division titles. Um, Mike McCarthy had four NFC uh, title games, and I think uh, Sean Payton had three NFC title games, one and two in those games. Mike McCarthy was one and three in those games. He had one Super Bowl win, so did Sean Payton, and ten playoff wins, now eleven for Mike McCarthy. Actually, I take it back twelve, because he got two this year. Uh, sorry, they no, I got one. Sorry. Take it back. Yep, so he's yep, yep. eleven playoff wins. So he's got eleven playoff wins, and now Sean Payton's got nine, because Sean Payton has not coached since then. So they are very similar, if you're just looking at them from that standpoint, <laughs> just on the so Exactly. <laughs> he's looking at <laughs> the surface there, but I think if you dig deeper, I would have taken Sean Payton. I think a lot of Cowboys fans would have taken Sean Payton, too. But I digress. I like Sean Payton because I've seen Sean Payton solve more problems than a Mike McCarthy. And I've talked about this. Even, hell, even take his time without, uh, I love his record without Drew Brees. That's the first thing I always look at with a Sean Payton. Even his last season when he was 9-8. and eight. And by the way, that 9-8 and eight year where well, they, they almost made the playoffs two years ago, Mm-hmm. Man, he had so mi- so much adversity that year. They they had uh, ten different offensive line combinations that year. Mm-hmm. Remember, he I think he got COVID that year, so they had to use another head coach for one of the games too. Um, they had a, a Hurricane Ida displaced them in Florida for one of their games, faced Aaron Rodgers, and beat the hell out of Aaron Rodgers, by the way. I think that one was in
0: Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah,
1: and I'll get to that and why he's a great coach, and that explains another reason why he's a great coach was that game, too. We'll talk about that. Remember, the Superdome caught fire (laughs) that year, too. Um, They had to work out in Dallas because of that stuff and Hurricane Ida, so they were displaced uh, for some of the season. Mm -hmm. They actually played 58 different starters. That was an NFL record at the time. And they had COVID, of course, with injuries. Everybody dealt with COVID. Um, and they had to gut the roster because they were way over the cap before the season. They had four different kickers kick for them during the season. Uh they had injuries to guys like, you know, uh Taren Armstead and Andrews Pete. Hell, guys on their offensive line missed twenty five games combined. I mean, they were just a disaster. Right. Still went nine and eight. And had a chance to make the playoffs. And I thought they were going to do it. And hell, they ended up starting. I think they had like like three or four different. I think they had four different starting quarterbacks that year too. They used yeah. four different starting quarterbacks. Ended up nine and. Taysom
0: eight. Hill was one of them.
1: Yeah, and I thought, man, they're going to make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were really close. And just seeing him solve those problems. By the way, Mike McCarthy's done that too. So I'm yeah. not hating on Mike. Mike McCarthy is one of the few coaches in NFL history in the Super Bowl era to make the playoffs starting four different starting quarterbacks. Mike Ditka did it. Hell, Mike Ditka actually did it three times That's Right, a freak, 84, 86, and 87. Uh, Mike Shanahan did it with the Denver Broncos in 03. Uh, uh, I think uh, also, yeah, Mike McCarthy did it in 2013. Bill O'Brien did it. Ha <laughs> ha. Bill. Bill O'Brien did it in 2015. Wow, Bill. <laughs> um, and and the Browns did it in 1988, and I forget who the head coach was. It's the top of my I miss off the top of my head, but it was actually a really good coach. Um uh, my point is, he's a I think Sean Payne's a good coach. I think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I think Sean Payton's a better coach. I think I've seen him solve more problems. Even when he brought in a a Drew Brees with him and turn Drew Brees into, say turn, but help Drew Brees become a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, that's part of it, too. I mean, getting with the Green Bay Packers, one of the notoriously, the, the most, one of the most well-run organizations in all of sports, in the history of sports, yep. is very different than coming to the New Orleans Saints, who prior to Sean Payton coming there, had only two winning seasons and one playoff appearance in the previous 13 years before he got there. That's very going to Green Bay and going to New Orleans were very different things at the time. Yeah, and I think Sean Payton did a better job of recess, re- reviving that culture um, than. Mike McCarthy did of reviving the Green Bay culture because it didn't need that much reviving. Agreed. it's Green Bay. It was Green Bay. Yeah,
0: it's tradition. <laughs> like the first no round other quarterback rented that for you, and Aaron Rodgers. It's like the Masters. It's a tradition like no exactly. other. Green Bay is, it's it's Green is Bay. title town. Exactly, they're gonna be just fine no matter who gets that job. As we saw when Lafleur got the job, what it was it thirteen and three, 13 and three back to back Come years. On, I, I. I mean, they were fine. It's Green Bay. Yeah, it was Green Bay. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. And you know, the thing that I really what made me really buy in to Sean uh, Payton was the way that his intensity as a head coach. He's very intense. He knows exactly what to get out of his team. And he lives on the edge a little bit. You know, he was part of Bounty Gate, And they yes, went out was. there and did some crazy things at yes, that time. Was. And he was at the helm. And he mm-hmm. ended up paying the cost to be out of the game because of what happened. Because like anything else, if you're the head of the, the snake, you're the one that's got to get it chopped off. So mm-hmm. that's what ended up happening, but then he came right back and brought that team back to another winning season, had a lot of success. He just gets it. He gets it. And I think he's going to do a great job. Now, my biggest question is because when I was when Patrick brought this up a little while ago, how did how do you think this is going to work with Russell Wilson? I mean, he's he's similar stature of Drew Brees, made it work. Drew Brees gotcha. wasn't a guy On that wasn't hit. running around. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a scrambler. I personally believe it's best for Russell Wilson. When Russell Wilson is good, he's moving around mm-hmm. out of the pocket and creating plays with his legs. I know that's not how you should play every single game, but I get it. How is this going to benefit Russell Wilson? Because that's going to be the biggest question. I don't care who it is. He's think- he's he's not going nowhere.
1: I, I, I actually, think, no, no, no I, that's a great point. It's a great question. I actually now feel a lot better about Russell Wilson's decline, or at least it perceived decline, now that Sean Payton has signed up with the Broncos. If Sean Payton believes that he can resuscitate Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. I believe Sean Payton. I do. I, I have faith in Sean. I do, and I, I'm not saying he can't because what I saw, it looked bad. It looked, like, I mean, it looked like Russell Terrible. Wilson. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> Russell Wilson is at the end of the line when it comes to uh, his NFL career. Uh, but man, when I, I, I we've seen what you know Sean Payton has done with different quarterbacks over time, I, I just pointed out his record without Drew Brees mm-hmm. was 17 and 12, which is really impressive. For, without having your kind of franchise quarterback, we've seen him make it work with different types of quarterbacks, and I think he can make it work with the Russell Wilson. Because we still don't know if it was Nathaniel Hackett's system, right? Uh, that was the reason that Which Russell was Wilson Russell. Was like, so soon to drop off. Exactly. Right? Yeah, right. you're right about that. So right. yeah, so we just don't really know. I I am going to have faith in Sean Payton because I think Sean Payton's a hell of a coach. He, he's one of the most creative coaches in the NFL. I once saw uh, because uh, we know like nobody in the NFL at the time when Sean Payton was there. Had more <clears throat> personnel packages than Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. I remember reading a quote from Dirk Cutter, who was the uh, head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, oh, and thanks, uh, BD. B- Murray Schottenheimer was the coach of the Browns in 88. Thank you for that, BD. Good yep. point. Forgot about that. Yes. Uh, so I was talking about all the coaches who were able to lead their teams to the playoffs starting at least four different starting quarterbacks, um, and those are the coaches that did it. Mike McCarthy's in that group. Mike Ditka's in that group. Mike Shannon's in that group. Marty Scheidenheim's in that group. And Bill O'Freaking Bryan's in that group. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton almost made it a couple of years ago because you know, he was there at 9 and 8, but they didn't quite make it. But anyway, I digress. Dirk Cutter once claimed that the, that the Saints had 28 personnel groupings that he counted. Wow! For those who don't know what personnel groupings are, They are basically what different uh, players you're going to have on the field at certain skill positions, and they count them running back first and then tight ends the second number. So first number is running backs, tight ends the second number. So if I say 21 personnel, that's two backs, one tight end. And then basically you subtract that three from five, and it will give you your other receivers. You'll have two because you've got five skill positions. He said he counted 28 personnel groupings. Guys, I'm serious. I can't think of that many. If I wrote them down right now, I I might get to 12. I just can't think of what? that of 28 personnel groupings. That's how creative this dude is. 28. Wow. That he counted. That's another head coach in the NFL. There's nobody as creative as as uh, Sean Payton when it comes to his personnel groupings. That'll be something that will, I guarantee you, help out. Uh, a struggling Russell Wilson because schematically he will gain an advantage. One of my favorite Sean Payton stories is the story of Hurricane Ida displacing them for that game against uh, Green Bay Mm -hmm. in 2021. So they have Hurricane Ida and they tell the Saints, hey, it was a home game for you. So you can pick, you know, anywhere in the country. We'll give you different options. You can pick where there's a safe place for you guys to play. And Mickey Loomis, the general manager, um, at the time he said, uh, we're conscious of everything when it comes to preparing for an opponent. There's just so many variables. I don't want to get into all the variables. The main thing is to have a suitable place to play that both teams have access to. And the Saints were practicing in Dallas at the time. And the Saints were hosting the Packers, I think, on what, September 12th or something mm-hmm. like that. The Saints chose Jacksonville. I believe they had their game. I think it was Jacksonville. Yeah, it shows Jacksonville. And after the research, um, and I'll give you the numbers first. So they play Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has one of his worst games as a, as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He was terrible. He threw for 133 yards, two, two interceptions. He was 15 of 28. They put Jordan Love in the game. That's how bad it was. How have you seen Aaron Rodgers get benched and put in <laughs> Jordan Love? That's how bad he was in that game. He had a 36.8 passer rating. It was the fourth worst Ooh. in his career in that game. And by the way, the secondary <laughs> for the Saints was actually hobbled. They, they, they had dealing with injuries in the secondary for that game. And, and he talked to Sean Payton about it after the game, and it was like, so why would you choose Jacksonville this. of all places? And the Saints basically said they considered every detail when they put together their game plan and when they chose Jacksonville as a temporary home stadium. The research they had done showed that all three Florida stadiums were available, and the Saints figured the state's heat and humidity Mm -hmm. had caused problems for Aaron Rodgers. His record in Florida prior to that was 3-4, and and he had a 78 passer rating every time he played in Florida. And they figured, well, let's make him play in Florida, somewhere where he struggled. So the Saints began looking at which site would give them the closest thing to a home field advantage, based on those analytics, analytical stats. And they were concerned Tampa or Miami would serve as a potential destination location for the Packers. So they didn't want Packers fans going there. So they didn't want to choose Tampa or Miami because uh, Green Bay fans were getting flights. It was, it was easier to get flights there right? based on their research. So they, they chose a place where it was tougher for Green Bay Packers fans to get flights <laughs> and chose a place that also, when they cross-referenced it simultaneously, was one of the toughest places for Aaron Rodgers to play. And based on that information, they chose Jacksonville. I remember that because it was really hard for the fans to get there. And turns out, it was money research. That's coaching. Yeah, that's I mean, research. That is,
0: that's right. That is great coaching, guys. That's that's attention to detail.
1: Details. Yes. Thank you, Harge. Yes. That is detailed-oriented stuff, man. Yep. Oh, I hope <laughs> my coach to think like that. Oh, well, my coach to think like that. And, and that's Denver why fans should be happy. That's right why now. I think he's better than Mike McCarthy. It's it's little things like Mike McCarthy's a damn good coach, by the way. I just think he's a better coach. That's uh, all. And and a lot of people
0: would agree with you. I mean, that's why everybody's been trying to get him from day one since he became since he decided he was going to take a break mm-hmm. from the game. Everybody was been calling him because they felt that they had something that would help him decide to come and coach them because they can go to the next level. And I want to talk about that just a little bit too. So when you look at the roster that he's going to have on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. the defense we know about, but on the offensive side of the ball, you got Cortland Sutton, you got Tim Patrick, and you got Jared Judy, but you also have KJ Hamler, and you have Kendall Hinton, mm-hmm. who's one of the wide receivers, and they can all run. They can run. They run. can run, run. And then you look in the backfield. You have Javante Williams. He ended up getting hurt. But he was going to be – he's the kid from North Carolina, top of the line running back that can, that can pound it. And you had Latavius Murray, who, by the way, used to be a New Orleans Saints player. That's right. So he oh, knows yeah, him point. as well. Nice nugget. You also got Chase Edmonds, you got Mike Boone, and you got Marlon Mack that are all there. But then you sit here and we were talking about their defense and how they're just – they're they are talented enough. They are, man. And they need to make sure that they keep it up going. You got <clears> – <throat> In the secondary alone, you got Patrick Sertain Jr., you I mean the second, excuse me. You got Kareem Jackson, mm-hmm. who I think the is a vet monster. From H-town. Yep. You got Justin Simmons yep. on the back end, Caden who's Stearns a pro back there. and you have Caden Stearns and PJ Locke. Yep. Is on that team mm-hmm. as well. Offensively, you got Andrew Beck who is there. You got Calvin Anderson on the offensive yep. line as well. And you got Swain. So you have players that can come out there and again. We thought at the very beginning, when the trade happened, Super Bowl! And they went out there and laid a absolute dud. That's especially ride. when you started hearing all the stuff, let's ride. That's you right. hear about Nathaniel Hackett and and Russell Wilson always being together and him not hanging out with all the rest of the players. It kind of pushes you away a little bit. And especially for a guy, I know he likes to bring people in and, and have them come and do training with them. He practicing with the helmet during the offseason. I know that he brought those guys in, but I don't think he was spending time with them. They were practicing, but I don't think they were spending time together. I think that's where he missed the mark. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys came to his defense because he was getting beat up a lot, but you you can see when it's authentic and when it's not. And totally I think great. that's what Sean Sean Payton's job now is is to build back up that locker room. Let's not forget, them offensive linemen wanted to beat him up a lot. Yeah. Especially Dalton Riser. Dalton Dalton Riser wanted to choke that dude on the sideline a couple times and yeah. they had to calm him down.
1: Yeah, no, I, that's one thing um, that – I think they do have to rebuild. Is the credibility of Russell Wilson in that locker room? Yep. Pretty. It's pretty clear that he lost some some respect uh, from his teammates in that locker room for more reasons than we're probably privy to. Yep. Um, so let's get to uh, the Big Twelve football schedule released. Uh, we'll get back to some NFL conversation next segment because the Cowboys are interviewing OC candidates for that vacancy. But the uh, the schedule was released for the Big Twelve. Uh, for the Big 12 season, uh, and, and by the way, it's 14 teams, so you got a, a full monty because all the uh, the new teams are added to the Big 12 schedule here. And just to give you the Texas games, just really quickly: Rice at home, Bama on the road. You got Wyoming at home, Baylor on the road. Uh, then you got Kansas at home. Then you go away from uh, DKR. You'll be going to Dallas for the Texas OU game in the Cotton Bowl. Then you got a bye week. Mm-hmm. Then you go to H Town to play U of H. Then you get at home versus BYU. At home versus K State. Then you're on the road, back to back road games, uh, the Purple Kryptonite or TCU and also Iowa State. And then you end the season at home versus. Texas Tech I think it's a a schedule that actually is favorable for Texas Um, I I love this little factoid the thing I like most about it there is there are only two teams that I can see on this schedule uh, and that's Texas and Kansas Mm -hmm. who don't have to worry about an opponent playing them after a bye week right basically everybody except Texas (sighs) and Kansas Will face an opponent, all right. After a bye week, Texas and Kansas won't have to worry about that. That's a huge advantage, guys. Yeah, that's a big advantage uh, because usually a team gets two weeks to prepare for you, depending on who that team is and how good they are. Uh, that means they're gonna have a really good game plan. no team will have that luxury when they play Texas or Kansas, for that matter.
0: All right, let me ask you this: When you're looking at this 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 schedule, and you know U of H is there. Do you think I mean think about U of H, man? That is not the biggest stadium to be able to hold all
1: of these UT fans. They did some renovations on it recently, but I don't know what it what it what it holds. I don't know. But they did recent renovations, but I, I don't know what it holds. Yeah. It. I'm I'm just I'm just thinking about
0: some of these road trips. Obviously, there's only one that Texas doesn't normally make at all besides Alabama. But mm-hmm. U of H, going to U of H, I'm just trying to figure out um, the the capacity of that place and how intense it's going to be. Because don't forget, Texas has a huge following at U of H. I mean, in the city of Houston. Oh, no question. There, I mean, just think, I think about all those people that are going to be there.
1: It's at 40,000 now, but I think their renovations were supposed to get it up to 60,000, but the, the renovations haven't. Started yet, or wow. not finished?
0: I should say. Yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So
1: right now they're at a little over forty thousand. I think they can, they can fit forty three thousand in there. Okay. The record attendance is forty
0: two thousand eight hundred twenty two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it'll be a hot ticket, man. Oh, it's – I mean, I'm sure it is right now.
1: And uh, we'll make it. We're going to make that road trip. Definitely. Take take, take out a French's, man. Get some of that French fried chicken. You know, I've been there. Right across from U of H, man. Never lost. Oh, man. (laughs) Just uh, supremely seasoned fried chicken. Uh, But anyway, away from that yard bird, getting back to uh, the schedule for (laughs) Texas. I'll say this, though. One of the things I like, uh, you do have what I think are going to be two of your three most physical games. Well, I guess Oklahoma is supposed to be a physical game too, so maybe two of you are four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama, of course, on the road playing the SEC—that's going to be a slobber knocker. Then you got to play Oklahoma, uh, the, the Texas—you know, Texas State Fair Street Fight, if you will—is always can really physical. But then you got to play BYU and K State back to back, but you get them at home. Yeah. These shoot man, those are physical games. BYU, those are grown men. They pay mortgages. They got bills. They got kids and families. They ain't take <laughs> t- those got no, real, they taking missions and stuff. No, those are grown oh, men. I know, man. I know. You know it. So I, I like having that game at home because it's really physical. And I like that K-State game one because K State is always a physical test for you. And the truth is, K State might be considered one of the leaders, uh, or at least the conference leaders coming back this year considering they got Will Howard coming back and don't have a lot mm-hmm. of their pieces. They lost Deuce Vaughn. They did lose um, Deuce. but they'll bring they'll be bringing back a lot of different pieces too. So I'm glad you got those two games back to back at home.
0: Yeah, that's going that's going to be beneficial. We hope. We just need to make sure that we win and represent home. That's the games. You need to make sure that you win all of your home games. We know it's tough. This Ooh, is the Big 12. That's real tough. That's a lot to ask, but That's what the purpose is, right? That's what you're supposed to be doing. Defend the land. And, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how this season plays out with the new teams in the Big 12 also.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. This is what I want. Remember, I kept saying, yeah. I saying there's nothing wrong with a Big 12 full of 14 teams for at least one or two years. It's just one or two years. You're like, oh, it's going to hurt Texas recruiting. Oh, it's going to hurt Texas going, no. for the, going uh, forward toward the SEC. Why? It's just one or two years. I mean, it's all—it's really? all, cool every now and then to get outside of your comfort zone and do something fun and unorthodox and and, uh, and non-traditional. It's cool. Listen, I I don't want to be in a a throuple, but no. hey, group sex is fun every now and then. All right, I don't, don't want to do it all the time, but on vacation, it might be fun to do it. And that's basically what this is. This is vacation group sex. Did you say yeah,
0: Okay. I don't dropple know,
1: yeah, yeah. or a polyamorous relationship, whatever. Oh. My point is, I don't want to do that. Hell no, all right? That's too much. That's every day, all day. No, it ain't fun. But if we go on vacation somewhere to an exotic island, and we get to have some little fun, you know, a little menage a trois it's all good, all right? But that's only for one night. For one night. This is one season. We can do it for one season, guys. It'll be fun. One season. One season of group sex. Yep. That's it. There you go. And after that, we're going back to our old way of life. <laughs> Actually, we're not. We're going to SEC. I
0: was going to say, it's about to get (laughs) real dangerous. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This is like the the Bachelor party before it gets real. (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) about to get dangerous. Yeah, you better
1: live it out. You better have some fun right now. (laughs) Uh, I will say, I actually like the road schedule better than I like the home schedule. Is that weird? That is very weird. Because Because you ain't going on the road
0: except for Houston.
1: Yeah, because I don't really listen to Bama. if if, If Texas is not up for the Bama game, then we got, got, the, wrong, Texans, you got the wrong yeah. coaches in there, then. Yep. Right? That's a game you should be up for. Matter of fact, that should be the game that they are up for, and there should be a letdown maybe after that, like there was this year. Uh, Texas it, Tech.
0: It, is Gary Patterson already looking at that <laughs> pregame right now? Is he already breaking down that film? You
1: know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but I am, uh, in terms of the road games, Baylor is a little concerning. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, on the road, but man, I'm worried about BYU at home, K State at home worries me, and Tech, honestly, at the end mm-hmm. of the season at home. That worries me. And you're right, the Kansas game before Oklahoma Absolutely. is a little concerning concerning what Lance Lee Poe has built. But, yeah, I mean, Bama on the road, they're going to be a test. But Baylor on the road, they lost a ton at Baylor, especially on the offensive and defensive lines. U of H on the road, man, they're just dysfunctional there. Um, TCU on the road, also most veteran team in the Big 12, but lost a ton of veteran experience. I am worried about Iowa State on the road, though. That concerns me. That's definitely a – That's concerning.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ames is definitely a tough place to play regardless of when the year, what type of uh yeah, time it's of the, late year. In the year. And that's that's gonna be a place that you it, it just it looks bad. Mm-hmm. Every that field looks mm. bad. The grass, you just don't look excited to be on that field. But Texas has to be prepared because they're going to end up playing all these teams anyway. So go in there and do what you got to do, man.
1: Yeah, it's uh, inhospitable. I think it's what I would describe our state very, or very Ames, our and late in the year as. All right, we come back. We'll get into Cowboys interviewing for their OC vacancy and the Cowboys and the projected salary cap. All that and more right here on Ball Line One Hundred and One Horn. the ball don't lie right here on 1049 the horn top of the charts Tuesday. We played j- jams so and reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And uh I mean Patrick always doing a good job jamming on the top of the charts Tuesday. Let's get to the Cowboys news while we got some time here. Because the Cowboys are already interviewing candidates for their offensive coordinator vacancy. And the latest uh, candidate they're interviewing for that job is Jeff Nixon. He is the running backs coach and assistant head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He was uh, most recently an interim Core interim offensive coordinator when they fired Joe Brady, uh, but then he went back to being a running backs coach. Did a great job this year with Deontay Foreman and with Chuba Hubbard uh, as a as that running back uh, that backfield, I should say, for the Carolina Panthers. And he is now being considered for the OC position with the Cowboys. What say you, Harge, as a Cowboys fan?
0: I mean, what he's done with the running back position has been great. I mean, this is something Cowboys aren't bringing back Skip Pete. So he was the running back's coach. So they're going to need to fill that position as well. There's a lot of positions that the Cowboys are going to have to fill. And if he just happens to be an offensive coordinator, I still, I'm still, i still in the camp of Joe Brady. I'm still looking at okay. Joe Brady I because that. I know Joe Brady. I've seen what he's done. And I believe that he's, he can be an integral part of what the Cowboys are needing. And that is a good quarterback's coach and somebody to to not necessarily handhold. hold Dak's been in the league too long to have his hands hold, but he needs to make better decisions, and I think that he will help him with that. Now, Jeff Nixon, I'm not ruling out for that. I'm going to have to continue to to dive into his past and continue to look deeper into his past as far as who he's helped. But what he did last year, spot on. Spot on what he did with did uh, Deontay Foreman and,
1: and Chuba Hutter. Yeah, I think they did a great job last year. Yeah, the Cowboys, I mean, I've always said this, they should interview as many candidates as possible. And I've said if I was a head coach, if I have a vacancy anywhere on my staff, I'll probably interview 20 to 25 candidates. Everybody goes, that's crazy. That's ludicrous. That's way too high of a number. I am interviewing candidates not only to see who's the best available candidate I'm also interviewing candidates because I am stealing information this is about Mm -hmm. to me it's about I'm almost espionaged if you will I'll bring these candidates in from different organizations around the league they'll tell me exactly what I want to know answer all my questions about that specific team that scheme that coach all because they want the job and then I'll say all right, I'll give you a call later and I would build a database of information nuggets uh, about tidbits about About coaches, about players, about rosters, and about different ideologies and philosophies about how to build a roster and build a team from the top down and from the down up. Uh, And I would be doing that all the time. And Jerry Jones at this point should have a file on every damn team, coach, (laughs) and personnel man in the league if he was doing that. But everybody doesn't operate that way. But that's what I would do because... I mean, all you're doing is gaining more and more information. You're just, you know, accumulating data about your opponents and about your peers.
0: Well, And another thing that I like is both of these guys that I just mentioned are outside of this uh, family of the Dallas Cowboys. I need somebody that's not been in there, that doesn't have a relationship with anybody in there, that is going to come in and actually, you know, Lay the hammer down on some of the things that have been missing within this organization. You need fresh eyes, not guys that have just gone through the motions, so to speak. Because whatever it is, and 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 I'm gonna say it, we won 12 games back to back years, but the Green Bay Packers won 13 back to back years and didn't get to the Super Bowl either. So you know when it gets to crunch time, winning time, as we've been talking about, and when you have to go and play against the uh, upper echelon. There has to be adjustments that are made, and I haven't seen any adjustments from the Cowboys throughout this process. So I would like somebody to come in and just bring a whole new, fresh set of eyes that can dissect the Cowboys And maybe even somebody that's been coaching against them, that know their weaknesses and try to exploit them as well.
1: It's a great point because I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Scott Linehan was also an in-house hire. He Mm -hmm. had been with the organization as their past game coordinator and then they just uh, promoted promoted him to offensive coordinator. Not saying anything's wrong with that. That happens a lot in the NFL, but that would mean that Kellen Moore was also Mm -hmm. uh, an in-house hire. So I mean, your last two offensive coordinators were in-house hires. Nothing wrong with that, but I think I agree with that maybe to break up the tendency to break up the monotony of always hiring in-house I think it's a little lazy to expand the search expand the interviewing process like I said interview as many candidates as possible even if you're just stealing information um, and trying to accumulate data um, but still try to see who the actual best available candidate is agree and then make your decision from there and you know this is because the Cowboys have been such an unorthodox uh, hierarchy you know keep in mind when I and this goes to why why it's going to be tough for Mike McCarthy to just implement his system, even when um, Scott Linehan was there uh, and Tony Romo was there as the starting quarterback, Bryce Butler, I believe, tells the story that when he got to the Cowboys, they were so unique that he had never seen it before a, a quarterback actually install the playbook and the plays in mm. the offense. It was not Scott Linehan. He said when he got there, Romo was installing everything. He was giving everybody all of their install receivers, everybody. He said that was the strangest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, and here's this quote, Tony Romo was the guy that installed the plays during the meetings during the week. He talked about all the stuff. When I first got there, I had never seen anything like it. When I left Oakland, Derek Carr was a second-year quarterback. He was a kid, and my rookie year was Terrell Pryor, so you know he wasn't calling the plays. So when I first got to Dallas, when I saw all the input that Tony was telling us, I was like, dang. This is crazy. The coach ain't really, really coaching. So to that point, remember, Scott Linehan was also using Kellen Moore as the mediator to Dak. Once Dak became the starting quarterback, he wouldn't even talk to Dak. Dak would tell uh, Kellen Moore what he wanted to tell Scott Linehan, and Scott Linehan would tell Kellen Moore, and he was the mediator between the two. So my point is, there's been a very strange, unique, unorthodox, either hiring or uh, kind of protocol for the coordinator-quarterback relationship for the Cowboys for a really long time, Mm -hmm. good or bad. Not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing, but it's been really strange, and I wonder if this could be kind of a, I don't know, back to a more traditional uh, relationship between the coordinator and the quarterback. But I'm sure every team is a little bit different, and maybe this is how different the Cowboys are.
0: Yeah, there's a lot that is going on (laughs) with these new ways of handling business when it comes to the quarterback uh, making sure that they have the conversation with the coaches and doing the interviews on who you're hiring instead of making sure that yeah. whoever you bring in now is about winning. That's what it should be. And and I don't know what the criteria is nowadays for why you're going to hire a person or not hire a person. But if we're checking resumes and trying to see if you were part of a winning organization, I think that has to be something. But what are you? How are you as a teacher? How are you as a mm-hmm. teacher? Because we have seen what we can do to win regular season games. Where is the finisher? Where is that person that's going to get me to the point where we can finish these the run that we're on? And I know it's tough. It's tough. The, 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 the people that are playing for championships seems to be the same people <laughs> yeah. every single year. So give somebody from those organizations to come and coach with you. Yep. <clears throat> That's how you find the success
1: I'm with you on that uh, Alright, we'll come back We'll wrap it up Put it in the oven Let you know what's on tap Right here on Ball, don't lie I want to put that the horn
0: Pop top again You mind if I have some of your Tasty beverage to wash yeah? Oh yeah you know, I've been known to Drink a beer or two I think a man Working outdoors Feels more like a man If you can have a bottle of suds It's only my opinion sir i got beer i got bottled breast milk Eh, why don't we start with the beer okay it's five o'clock somewhere wait it's already five o'clock here it's time for what's on tap how
1: about a nice cool
0: drink that's really good That's good that is pop a top again
1: Hi, right, welcome back, Jabal. Don't lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. This is a quickie here. We'll let you know what's on tap before we do. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with any part of any of the shows you might have missed. What's on tap for you tonight, Arch? I'm going to watch K-State in
0: Kansas, you know, because I got ESPN+. Plus. Oh, that's
1: right. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to watch Your Honor. Great show, Your Brian Cranston it. on okay. Showtime. That's it. Damn good show y'all should watch. Okay. What you got on tap?
0: Kansas, Kansas State, and then Nate Bargatze's got a new comedy special that came out today. So
1: I'm going to check that out Nice. on like Amazon that. Prime, I believe. Oh, yeah, okay. I might check that out, too. Yeah, thank you no for doubt. the uh, recommendation. And thank you guys for participating. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We're talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves and be safe on those roads. If you ain't got to be out there, stay the hell at home. We love you guys. Peace.